Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Mike? Give me a mic. Thank you. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Show. It's a Tuesday edition of the Riley and Kimmy Show. If you're listening to the day, it's uploaded. Right next to me is... Janet! I got one name! Janet! Hello, everybody! Hello, everybody! Hi! Hi there. I am your host, Patrick Riley. I am the villain of the story. I am that, and the hero of this story is Kimmy. Hello, Kimmy. Hello. And how are you today? I'm doing great. That's good. I I, I hope you're getting all rested and, and uh, all relaxed and uh, gearing up for the big... Uh, Holiday weekend we have in store. Mm-hmm. Y- you are? Oh, yeah. Um, is that a holiday gift uh, for somebody uh, been purchased yet? Oh, what do you mean? You know, you know is that for that special someone? Yeah. yeah. For, for the fur kids? No, uh, I was referring to uh, me. Oh. Yeah, yeah me. Uh, huh? Yeah? No? Oh. Okay. Anyhow, uh, be sure to check out our Facebook page because in the next, oh, I'd say 48 hours, depending upon our production schedule, in the next 48 hours, a new video will be making its appearance on the Riley and Kimmy Show where we introduce our brand new mascot for certain occasions with the Riley and Kimmy Show. And it'll be your opportunity to help us name that mascot, right, Kimmy? Mm -hmm. We will be making that debut, I'd say, oh, in about 48 hours or so, give or take, the video. Mm-hmm. You know, the production schedule. Mm-hmm. You don't have to work it out. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. You don't have to work out that schedule. That's right. You know, lights, camera, action, roll them, all that stuff. That's right. Okay, so. And person wearing said thing. Well, yes. there's no one wearing said thing. Mascots, a real thing. What are That's you ta- true. What are you talking about, Well, Kimmy? we have to go by the mascot schedule, too. That's, that is there right. We go. have to go by the mascot schedule. We'll be making that debut. Be sure to check out our Facebook page for that. That's where we will be debuting this and where you can help by giving the name of the mascot. And you can find links to our social media pages, including Facebook, right on our website. Also with archived episodes of the Riley and Kimmy Show videos. Check out that recent video interview with George Lowe, the voice of Space Ghost, talking about his upcoming appearance at the DeLand Comic and Collectible Show. Also talking about his experience at Smash Comics and Games in Sanford. And you can find all of those things on our website. And our web address is... RileyandKimmy.com That's it. Now, Kimmy, are you ready to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia on this Tuesday? Woohoo! It is a Tuesday, December 20th, as we get ready to play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia for this day. We'll be asking Kimmy some questions. If she gets more of these right than wrong, I actually give her a holiday gift. If she misses more of these, then she gets them right. No holiday gift for her, because I have a surprise for you, Kimmy. I may have already purchased your holiday gift. 
Okay. So we'll see if I'll be giving it to somebody else, taking it back, or giving it to you. Wow. Yes, the pressure is on on this Tuesday nerd pop culture geek trivia game. Think you're going to handle the pressure? Mm, yeah. All right, here we go to our very first part of the almanac. And our very first part of the almanac, I won't be asking a question with. It happened on this date in history. 1803, the United States Senate ratified a treaty that included the Louisiana territories from France for $15 million. Think about that 1803 money, $15 million. Mm. The transfer was completed with formal ceremonies in New Orleans. So on this date, Kimmy, now remember the timeline could be all over the place, may not be in, uh, in you know, chronological or linear type setting here. So on this date, within 50 years, Grimm's Fairy Tales by Jacob and Wilhelm Grimm is published. Tell me the year within 50. 1650. It was a different century entirely. 1812 that that happened. So on this date, 1820, the state of Missouri enacted legislation to tax bachelors. They decided to tax bachelors between the ages of 21 and 50 for being unmarried. The tax was $1 a year. Okay. $1 a year. That's from one of those unusual law things. All right. Moving over to this date in history, 1879, this inventor privately demonstrated his incandescent light in New Jersey. Tell me who he was. Thomas Edison? That's correct. Thomas A. Edison on this date, 1879. It was 1880, the New York's Broadway became known as the Great White Way. That was when they decided to light things up by electricity. Think about how fast that moved. Hmm. 1879 to 1880, that happened. It was on this date, give me 1892. Phileas Fogg completes around the world trip. You know the book, the story, around the world in 88 days. Somebody said he did that. In 1892, that someone was whom? What author? Mm. Science fiction fantasy author who influenced so many things. Around the world in 80 days, right? Yeah, whatever. Close enough. Um, See? She was paying attention. I don't remember. 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea is also his. Father of steampunk, some consider. Who is he, Kimmy? Can't think of it. I know it, but I can't think of it. I'll give you his first name. You give me his last. First name is Jules. Vern. That's correct. Jules Vern, 1892, is when uh, the date for, you know, Fogg completing his around-the-world trip in 80 days. It was 1892. Alexander T. Brown and George Stillman patented the pneumatic tire. It was on this date in 1920. Bob Hope becomes an American citizen. He was born in England. It was 1928. Mail delivery by dog sled began in Maine, from Canada to Maine. I'm probably doing that right now in certain parts of the United States, maybe. Mm. Yes. It was on this date, 1933. The film Flying Down to Rio was first shown in New York. Have you ever seen that film? No, I have not. It was on this date, Kimmy, within five years, plus or minus the Frank. Capra film, It's a Wonderful Life, had a preview showing for charity in New York City a day before its official world premiere. Give me the year within five that It's a Wonderful Life was shown for the first time. 
1945. You got it within that time frame. It was 1946 when it was shown for the very first time. Tell me one of the two stars. Jimmy Stewart. Can you do the love interest? She had a TV show in the 1950s Mm -mm. by her name. It was Donna Reed. Mm. And the film was not that successful when initially released. Right. 1954 marks the date Buick Motor Company signed Jackie Gleason to one of the largest contracts ever entered into with an entertainer. Gleason agreed to produce 78 half-hour shows over a two-year period. This is $1954 for $6,142,500. Wow. That's a lot of wow. Mm Mm-hmm. In today's money, that's a lot. That's yep. a, lot, a lot of wow. It was on this date, 1957, Elvis Presley received his U.S. Army draft notice. It was 1962, the Osmond Brothers appeared on NBC TV's Andy Williams show for the very first time. It was on this date, Kimmy, 1965, this group released this single. Tell me the name of the group. Here is your audio clue. Got me All right, who is that? The Beach Boys. That's correct. Barbara Ann on this date, 1965. 1967, Jethro Tull was formed. Any Jethro Tull in your vinyl collection? No. Any Beach Boys in your vinyl collection? Yes. Wow. 45s or LPs? LP. All right, 1975, Joe Walsh joins what group? He replaces original member Bernie Leiden. Leiden left to make a uh, solo career launch. The Eagles. That's correct. It was on this date. 1981, the musical, well, this musical, opened on Broadway. The show was based on the careers of the Supremes. Tell me the name of that musical. It would eventually become a film. It's about the Supremes. Lady Sings the Blues? No, Mm. it is the Dream Girls. The Dream Girls. Yes, Dream Girls, 1981. It was on this date, Kimmy, within two... Oliver Stone's JFK opened in theaters in the United States within two years. 1993? You got it within two years. It was 1991. Did you ever see that movie? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Moving over to notable birthdays on this date in history. Samuel Mudd, born on this date, 1833, physician that set John Wilkes Booth's leg after the assassination of President Lincoln. They shoved him in prison for doing that. For a period of time. Mm-hmm. Down in the Florida Keys, where it was quite warm. Moving over to another notable from the, actually the obscure file of celebrities. Not really a celebrity you would know, but he is part of something kind of big. Born on this date, 1868, Kimmy. The slogan for his company that he would eventually create was, Where the Rubber Meets the Road. Can you tell me the name of the company that is around to this day that he created a long time ago? The rubber meets the road. That was their slogan for their advertising. Wow. I don't know. His name is Harvey Firestone. Would you like to guess what he created? The tire. Yeah. Well, not the tire, but Firestone tires. He was born on this date. (laughs) He didn't create the tire. He created a tire. The pneumatic tire. No, he didn't create the pneumatic. Mentioned a few. He didn't create the pneumatic tire, (laughs) (laughs) but he created a Firestone tire. Firestone tire. 
Yes, of course. Right. And he died in 1938. I told you it was the obscure part of the birthday list. Mm-hmm. Moving to the more notable section of the birthdays in the acting department, Irene Dunn, born on this date, 1901, died at the age of 91 in 1990. She was an American film actress and singer of the 1930s, 1940s, and early 1950s. Dunn was nominated five times for Academy Awards for Best Actress for her performances in Cimarron in 1931. Theodora Goes Wild in 1936. The Awful Truth, 1937. Love Affair, 1939. And I Remember Mama for 1948. John Hillman, born on this date. Do you uh, know his name? He's an actor. Do you know who he is? No. He played Higgins on Magnum P.I. Remember him? Mm-hmm. You did watch Magnum P.I. Well, he's, he's probably the... Um the his his um butler kind of guy he was the caretaker of the estate yeah. in which magnum was crashing at mm-hmm. he, he had two doberman dogs remember mm-hmm. apollo and zeus can okay. you tell me how old that person is who played higgins 80 he is 84 today this person having a birthday today tell me kimmy what rock group he is known for his name is peter chris he was a lead singer on several notable songs of this group, including the breakthrough hit, Beth. Oh, Kiss. That's correct. How old is Peter Chris today? 67. He is 71 today, and he was discovered by Gene Simmons, supposedly, myth-wise. He published an ad in a music trade that said, Musician willing to do anything. Mm-hmm. And Gene Simmons contacted him and said, are you willing to do anything? And he said yes, and they met, and rest is history. Mm-hmm. Person having a birthday today, actor Bob Morley, age 32, from uh, TV's The 100 and The Neighbors. Moving over to another section of the Almanac. I see dead people. It's the death section. It was on this date in history. 1968 is when he passed away. I will tell you what he his occupation, if you will. He was an author. Died at the age of 66. See if you can identify who he is, Kimmy. He was an American author of 27 books, including 16 novels, six nonfiction books, and five collections of short stories. He is widely known for East of Eden in 1952, Of Mice and Men in 1937, The Pulitzer Prize winning The Grapes of Wrath in 1939. The Grapes of Wrath is considered a masterpiece and part of the American literary canon, in the first 75 years after it was published, it sold 14 million copies. He is the winner of the 1962 Nobel Prize in Literature. Who is he? I don't know. That's John Steinbeck. You ever heard of him? Mm-hmm. All right, John. <laughs> okay. Uh, all right, John Steinbeck uh, passed away, unfortunately, on this date, 1968, at the age of 66. Moving over to another death in the notable department, 1973 marks the death of Bobby Darren on this date. He was an American singer, songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and actor of uh, film and television fame. He performed a wide range of music genres, including jazz, pop, rock, also uh, folk, swing, country. He died at the age of 37 following a heart operation in Los Angeles. Bobby Darren married Sandra D. back in 1960. They met while they were filming Come September. You probably don't remember him at all, do you? Not really. All right. Moving. I know the name. All right. See if you can identify this notable who passed away on this date. We're going to also ask you the year he passed away. We will give you a five-year plus or minus. 
an American astronomer, astrophysicist, and cosmologist. Can you tell me who he is? He's known for Cosmos, a personal voyage. Carl Sagan. That's correct. Carl Sagan passed away what year? Um, 2008. Passed away 1996 at the age of 62. Tell me the science fiction film that Jodie Foster starred in that's based on his novel. Contact. That's right. And can you give me the year within two that Contact the movie came out? 96. 1997. You got it. Very good. Moving over to another notable passing way on this date. See if you can identify who they are with this audio clue. Forget it, man. You can bang on that door all night if you want to. There is no way in hell I'm letting you in. Hey, man, plenty. Plenty of lost pay on account of how nobody wants to flirt with the waitress whose face is all purple and swollen up with bruises. There's a difference between getting honked off at a guy who's generally not so bad. Him. Finding out that you've been sweet-talked by a total jerk loser who skips out on a wife that he doesn't even tell you about every time he gets drunk, which is way too often. Kimmy, can you identify who that actress is that passed away on this date in 2009? Oh my gosh, that's a scene from Sin City. Exactly right. Um, About four years before she passed away. Yeah. I'm drawing a blank on her name, but I know who she is. She played the character Shelley. Yes, I know. Remember Shelley? Mm Mm-hmm. Who is it? John a blank. Brittany Murphy passed away on this date, mm-hmm. 2009, at the age of 32. Wow. Yes, that wraps up the almanac for today. I'd say we are at a holding pattern. Don't know if we're going to release that gift or not. We'll have to find out next time when we play Nerd and Pop Culture Geek Trivia. But right now, let's uh, honor something from the golden age of radio that is part of today's trivia. Radio Watch So Riley and Kimmy show anytime we can go back in time and honor something that is uh, related to the golden age of radio, we do that. And considering it was on this date in history in 1946 that it made its premiere, it made its debut in movie theaters, the movie It's a Wonderful Life starring Jimmy Stewart, I thought we would honor that by going back in time to the radio version. This is not the audio lifted from the film at all. It's an actual radio production that was done. Script is, well, changed, retooled for the theater of the mind. And Jimmy Stewart does his role again. Right now, here is It's a Wonderful Life, starring Jimmy Stewart on The Riley and Kimmy Show. This is the story of George Bailey, citizen of Bedford Falls, New York. George Bailey, who more than anything under the sun wanted to see the world, the wonderful, exciting world that lay somewhere beyond the limits of his hometown. Oddly enough, this story does not begin in Bedford Falls. In fact, it doesn't begin anywhere in the world. It begins in heaven, where the superintendent of angels has just summoned an apprentice angel named Clarence. Oh, I, I'm really going down to Earth, sir? Oh, how splendid. Yes. There's a very discouraged man down there, Clarence. George Bailey. At exactly 10.45 p.m., Earth time, he'll be thinking seriously of ending his life. 
Oh, dear, dear, his life. Now, I want you to stop him if you can. Now, sit down, sit down. I'll give you Bailey's case history. Uh, sir, if, uh, if I should accomplish my mission, may I perhaps get my wings? I've been waiting over 200 years now, and, well, people are beginning to talk. Clarence, what's that book? The Adventures of Tom Sawyer, sir. I was reading it when you sent for me. Oh, fine book. Excellent. Well, you do a good job on George Bailey, and we'll see about your wings. Oh, thank you, sir. Now, listen. When George Bailey was a boy, two events occurred that you should keep in mind. One was when his young brother, Harry, fell through the ice and almost drowned. George saved him. Brother fell through the ice. George saved him. Ever since, George's had a bad ear. All that icy water, you understand. Yeah, bad ear, yes, sir. The other event came a few months later. George used to work after school in Mr. Gower's drugstore. One day, Mr. Gower's only son died of influenza. It was a terrible blow, and poor Mr. Gower tried to lose his grief in whiskey. Where you been, George? Mrs. Blaine's called twice. What happened to her prescription? You lost it, didn't you? No, Mr. Gower. Here it is. Are you good for nothing? Don't you know that Blaine girl's very sick? Mr. Gower, my ear. You're hurting my sore ear. Teach you to loaf, you lazy brat. Mr. Gower, you don't know what you're doing. You put something wrong in those capsules. Shut up. Oh, I know you feel bad, but look, Mr. Gower, look. This bottle, you used this bottle to make up the capsules. It's poison. Don't hurt my sore again, Mr. Gower. Oh, George. That's why you deliver, Mr. Gower. All I wanted was to make sure. George, George. Well, Clarence, that was George Bailey as a boy. When he grew up, he wanted to go to college, but there just wasn't the money. So he worked four years in the Building and Loan Association. Building and Loan Association? Oh, I forgot to tell you. George's father was in the building and loan business. He and George's uncle, Billy. High ideals and low bank account. Anyway, George worked for his father and saved enough to see him through the university. That summer, though, he was going to Europe. Got a job on a cattle boat. Do a little traveling before college. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, it's hard to realize that my last night in the Bailey boarding house. We're sure going to miss you, George. Oh, I'm going to miss you, too, Pop. Hey, what's the matter? You look tired. Oh, I had another tussle with old Henry Potter today. Well, I thought when you put him on the board of directors, he'd ease up. Well, so did I. I just can't understand a man like Mr. Potter. He can't begin to spend all the money I he has. I guess Potter owns about everything he wants in Bedford Falls except our building and loan. That's why he hates us. Hey, George, can I borrow your tuxedo studs? Yeah, help yourself, Harry. Well, where are they? In your suitcase? Well, I'm not taking a tuxedo on a cattle boat, you know. You say, where'd you get that suitcase anyway? Oh, Mr. Gower, going away present. And one of these days, you're going to see that bag all covered with travel labels. Italy and Baghdad, Samarkand. Going to have a pretty full summer, eh? I'm going to have a pretty full life. Hey, why don't you come to the dance tonight? Why, I'd be bored to death. Well, you couldn't want a better death. Lots of pretty girls. Hey, I got to hurry. I wish we could send Harry to college with you, George. Oh, we've got that all figured out now, Pop. He'll take over my job at the building and loan, work four years like I did, and then he'll go. Well, he's pretty young for that job. Well, no younger than I was. <laughs> Maybe you were born older, George. Huh? George, when you get out of college, I don't suppose you'd come back to the building and loan. Oh, oh now, Pop, I, 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 I just couldn't. I, I couldn't face being cooped up the rest of my life in a shabby little office. I... I Oh, I'm sorry, Pop. Now, I, 
I didn't mean that, but it's just this business of nickels and dimes. I'd go crazy. I, I want to do something big, something important. Well, in a small way, we are doing something important, George. In that shabby little office, we help people figure out how they can own their own homes. I know, I know, Pop. I, I just wish I felt that I... I, I but I, I just feel like if I didn't get away, I'd bust. I... <laughs> You're right, boy. You get yourself an education, then get out of here. Oh, Pop, you... Pop, you want a shock? I think you're a pretty great guy. Well, thanks, George. I'm glad to hear it. Look, um, why don't you go on over to Harry's dance? You'd have a good time. Well, I don't know. Maybe it will drop in. Yeah, maybe it will at that. So, George Bailey went to a dance. Is that important, Joseph? Why, it was at the dance he met Mary Hatch. Oh. And three hours later, he was walking her home. George and Mary were feeling pretty good, Clarence. As a matter of fact, wonderful. Buffalo Gill, can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Can't you come out tonight? Buffalo Gill, can't you come out tonight? And dance by the light of the moon. Oh, hot dog. Oh, boy, just like an organ. <laughs> At least. <laughs> hey, you know, you know something? If it wasn't me talking, I'd say you were the prettiest girl in town. Well, why don't you say it? I don't know. Maybe I will. Hey, how old are you anyway? Eighteen. Eighteen? Too young or too old? No, no, no. It's just right. It sort of fits you. Hey, hey look where we are. Hmm? Oh, the old Granville house. Yeah, I got to throw a rock. Oh, no, don't. I, I love that old house. Well, no, don't you know about deserted houses? You, you make a wish and then throw a rock. George, but it, it was such a lovely old place. I wish I lived there. In there? I wouldn't live in it as a ghost. Oh, watch. Watch this. Here we go. How about it, huh? Pretty good shot, huh? Broke a window, huh? What'd you wish, George? Oh, I don't know. Not just one wish, a whole hat full. Mary, I'm shaking the dust of this crummy little town off my feet, and I'm going to see the world. Italy, Greece, the Parthenon, the Colosseum. And then I'm coming back here and go to college and see what they know. And then I'm going to build things. I'm going to build airfields and skyscrapers a hundred stories high and bridges a mile long. And then I'm going to... Hey, hey, Mary. What is it you want? What do you want, huh? You want the moon? All you got to do is just say the word now. Okay, the moon, I'll take it. Then what? Then what? Well, well, then you could swallow it, and, and it'd dissolve like an aspirin, you know? And the moonbeams would shoot out of your fingers and the ends of your hair, and the... the uh, you, you think I'm talking too much? Yes, why don't you kiss her instead of talking her to death? How's that? Ah, uh, youth is wasted on the wrong people. Why? Well, hey. hey, just a minute, mister. Hey, you come back here. I'll show you some kissing George, if you want to... George! Hey, Uncle Billy, look here. I'm going to kiss Mary. Watch. George, get in the car quick. Your father's had a stroke. What? what? George, had... get in. Hurry. Well, George's father died that night, Clarence. So, of course, George couldn't go to Europe. But that fall, just as he was ready to leave for college, the directors of the building and loan had a meeting. They were going to appoint a successor to Mr. What was that you said, Mr. Potter? I said as long as Peter Bailey's dead, let's dissolve the building and loan. We don't need it. Now, wait a minute. Oh, you wait a minute. Peter Bailey was not a businessman. Ideals without common sense can ruin a town. What do we get? A discontented, lazy rabble instead of a thrifty working class. Oh, hold on, Mr. Potter. Hold oh, on. I meant no disrespect, George, but... Oh, wait a minute, Harry. 
Why my father ever started this cheap penny ante building alone, I'll never know. But just remember this, Mr. Potter, this rabble you're talking about, they do most of the working and the paying and living and dying in this community. Well, is it too much to have them work and pay and live and die in a couple of decent rooms and a bath? Anyway, my father didn't think so. People were human beings to him. But to you, a warped, frustrated old man, they're cattle. Well, in my book, Mr. Potter, he died a much richer man than you'll ever be. I'm not interested in your book, George. I'm talking about the building and loan. You're talking about something you can't get your fingers on that's galling. That's what you're talking about. Well, this town needs this measly one-horse institution, if only to have some place where people can borrow a few dollars without crawling to you. Now, come on, Uncle Billy. What happened, George? Yeah, all we heard was a lot of yelling. Boy, oh, boy, you should have heard, George. Yeah, they're in there voting us out of business. Oh, who cares? I can get another job. I'm only 41. 45. Will you get out of here, George? You missed your boat trip. Do you want to miss college, too? George, we've just voted Potter down. We're still in business. Whoopee! We're still in business. We're still in business. But there's one condition, George. They've appointed you to take your father's place. Appoint me? But I'm going to college. Look, this is my last chance. Uncle Billy's your man. Uh, George, you've got to take it. They'll vote with Potter otherwise. They said so. They even... No, George Bailey didn't go to college. That's right, Terrence. He gave his his college money to Harry. Harry went instead. But what happened to that good-looking girl, you know, Mary? Oh, George saw her now and then. Not very often, though, because Mary went away to school, too. Anyway, George waited four years more for Harry to come back and take over the building and loan. He could still see the world. He planned to work in the oil fields, Venezuela. Except when Harry came home, he wasn't alone. There was a girl with him. His wife. George? Yeah, I'm out here on the porch, Mother. I just thought I'd get some air. Well, how, how do you like your new sister-in-law? Oh, she's swell. Looks like she can keep Harry on his toes. Yeah, yeah, I keep him out of Bedford Falls anyway. What do you mean? Well, Ruth's father, she's, he's got a wonderful job for Harry up in Buffalo. Buffalo? Well, that means you... Yeah. You can't... Yeah. George, uh... Did you know Mary Hatch is back from school? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nice girl, Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh, stop grunting. Mm-hmm. Give me one good reason why you shouldn't call on Mary. Well, Sam Wainwright. Sam's crazy about Mary. Well, she's not crazy about him. Well, now, how do you know that? Did she discuss it with you? How do you... Besides, Sam's away in New York. Oh, and all's fair in love and war. Uh-huh, I see. Okay, Mother, I think I'll go out and find that girl and do a little passionate necking. Oh, George... <laughs> Bye, Miss Bailey. By the way, do you want any books at the library? Library? George! George, you go and see Mary. Do you hear? George, is that you out there? Oh, oh, hello, Mary. Well, are you coming in? I just happened to be passing by here. Oh, I thought you were picketing. Have you made up your mind? How's that? Have you made up your mind? About what? About coming in. Your mother just phoned. She said you were coming over. My mother just phoned. What does she mean, Carla? I I just happened to be passing by, that's all. I didn't... Well? Well, all right, I'll come in for a minute. But I I didn't tell anybody I was coming here. You you feel I can't go out for a walk nowadays without you. When did you get back? Tuesday. When did you get that dress? Do you like it? It's all right. <laughs> well, no point standing here on the porch. Come on in. I, I still can't understand it. I didn't tell anybody I was coming here, you know. Would you rather leave? Well, no, I don't want to be rude. Sit down for a while. 
It's nice about your brother and Ruth, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all right. Don't you like her? Well, of course I like her. She's a peach. Oh, just marriage in general you're not enthusiastic about, hmm? No, no. Marriage is all right for a lot of people. It's all right for Harry and Sam Wainwright and you. For Sam? Harry? It's George Bailey, Mother. What's he want? I don't know. What do you want? Me? Not a thing. Not a thing. And I, I just came in to get warm. He's making violent love to me, Mother. You just tell him to go right back home. Sam said he'd call you tonight from New York, didn't he? I guess so. How about some music? Uh, you know, your mother needs to... You know, I didn't come here to... What did you come here for, then? Uh, I don't know. You're supposed to be the one with all the answers. You tell me. Oh, why don't you go home? I don't know why I came here in the first place. Good night. Good night. Okay, the way you're shouting, you'd think that... You'd think what? All right, I'll get it. George, on your way out, would you mind turning off the phonograph? I'd be very happy to. Hello? Sam? Mary! Gee, it's good to hear your voice. How are you, Sam? I forgot my hat. Hee-haw. What? Oh, I I was just talking to an old friend of yours, George Bailey. Oh, Mossback George? Old Mossback George. Well, put him on. I'll talk to him, too. Wait a second. George! He doesn't want to speak to George. He does so. He asked for him. Why'd you call me? Because if you are, I'm in a hurry. Sam wants to talk to you. Oh. Oh. Hiya, Sam. Hey, fine pal you are, trying to steal my girl. Now, what do you mean? Nobody's trying to steal anybody's girl. Here, Mary, take the... No, no, here. no, wait, wait, George. I want to speak to you both. Tell Mary to get in the extension upstairs. He says for you to get on the extension upstairs. I can't. Mother's on the extension. I am not. We can both hear, George. Just put your head a little closer. What? Yeah, what? that's that's better. Uh, we're, we're listening, Sam. Well, I have a big deal coming up that's going to make us all rich. George, you remember that time you told me about making plastics out of soybeans? Soybeans, yeah. Yeah, soybeans, yeah. Well, yeah, my yeah. father's checked into it, George, see? And now he's going to put up a factory. How do you like that? A factory, huh? And yeah. here's the point, George. I may have a job for you unless you're still married to that broken-down building and loan. Oh, Mary? Uh, I'm here. You tell that guy I'm giving him a chance of a lifetime, do you hear? He says it's the chance of a lifetime. And give me that phone. Here's George again, Sam. George. Now, you listen to me, Mary. I don't want any plastics, and I don't want any job, and I don't want to get married ever to anyone. Do you understand that? I want to do what I want to do, and and you're not going to trick me. And you're... Mary. Mary. Oh, Mary, darling, I, I love you, Mary. So George Bailey and Mary Hatch were... Yes, George and Mary were married. Mm. And they started off on their honeymoon in Ernie Bishop's taxi cab. Hey, where are you two going on this here now, honeymoon? We're going to shoot the works, Ernie. A whole week in New York, a whole week in Bermuda, the highest hotel, the oldest champagne, the hottest music, and the prettiest wife. (laughs) So you're finally getting out of Bedford Falls, huh? Then what? Then what, honey? After that, who cares? That does it. Hey, you know, Mrs. Bailey, I haven't kissed you. Hey, George, there's something funny going on over there. Look, look over there at the bank. It looks like a run. All right. Pull over a minute, will you, Ernie? George, let's not stop. Please, let's go straight to the station. No, wait a minute. Better see what it is. I'll be right back. George, please. George! Well, we're back in heaven again, where the superintendent of angels 
is reviewing the case history of a mortal named George Bailey. Clarence, the apprentice angel, is very eager to depart on his mission to the earth. Poor George Bailey. Oh, he's certainly in desperate trouble, Joseph. I'll go to him at once. Now, you sit down, Clarence. Sit down. We're nowhere near the point where George Bailey's thinking of taking his life. We're not? Now, uh, where were we? Uh, oh, yes, yes. George and Mary had just started out on their honeymoon when they ran smack into the financial panic of 1932. In the waiting room of the building and loan, a hundred frantic people were clamoring for their safe. Hey, what's going on, Uncle Billy? What's happened? All those people out there. This is a pickle, George. All I know is the bank called our loan an hour ago. I had to hand over all our cash. Holy mackerel. Whole town's gone crazy. Bank's in the same spot we are. Our charter, too. What about our charter? Our charter says we have to stay open until 6 p.m. The state can take away our license if we don't. How can we stay open until 6 without any money? George, where are you going? Out to talk to those people. Come on. Now, please. Now, please, folks. Now, just a minute. Just a minute. Now, please. How about our money, George? Where's our money? Now, come on. Now, please. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, listen to me. Now, you're thinking of this place all wrong. Your money's not here. Well, wait a minute. Now, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Your money's in people's houses. In the Kennedy house, in the McLaren house, and in your house, and a hundred others. Now, what are you going to do? Foreclose on them? I got $240 in shares. Now, let me have it. All right. All right, Charlie. Now... You'll get your money in 60 days. 60 days? Well, now, look, that's what you, that's what you agreed on when you bought your shares. I got my money! Old man Potter's taking over the bank. He'll pay you 50 cents on every dollar. Then let's take our shares to Potter. Half is better than nothing. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. Please, folks, I beg of you not to do this. If Potter gets hold of your shares, he'll be owning this building and loan. He's got the bank, he's got the bus line, he's got the department stores, and now he's after us because he wants to keep you living in his shacks and paying the kind of rent he decides to charge. Now, we can get through this thing, all right, but we've got to stick together. We've got to have faith in each other. My husband's out of work. We need money. I've got doctor bills to pay. I can't feed my kids on faith. How much do you need? We've still got some money. Hey, Mary. Here it is, George. You told me to hold on to it. Would have made a nice honeymoon. Bought furniture, too. Hey, now, wait a minute, folks. Listen, I've got $2,000. All right, Charlie, how much do you need? $240. No, Charlie, now listen, just enough to tide you over. I said $240. Okay, okay. Uncle Billy, give Charlie $240. All right, Ed. Now, how much just to get by? Oh, $20, I suppose. Now you're talking. Now you, Mrs. Thompson, how about you? $20 will do me. Good, good. $20. Uncle Billy, pay it back when you can now. Pay it back when you can. All right, all right. Who's next? Look at the clock. Look. Five seconds. Four seconds, three, two, one. Six o'clock, we made it. Lock that door, Eustace, quick. Boy, we're still in business, Uncle Billy. We even got two bucks left, hmm? George, there's a call for you. Okay, and then call my wife, will you? She's probably over at Mother's. Mrs. Bailey's on the line. No, I don't want Miss Bailey. I want my wife, Mrs. Bailey. Miss Bailey, that, that's my wife. That's my, uh, give me the phone, will you? Hey, Mary, ma- listen, Mary, I'm sorry. I, I, hmm? Come home. What home? What? 323 Sycamore. Well, whose home is that? What? Well, Mary, how can I... Well, sure, all right, sure, I'll I'll be there. Clarence, guess what 323 Sycamore was? His mother-in-law's house, huh? Oh, no. Number 323 Sycamore was the old Granville house, the one George threw rocks at and made wishes. Yes, sir, that's where they spent their honeymoon. That's where they started housekeeping. They were still living there two years later when old man Potter asked George to stop over at his office. Sit down, George. Sit down, Bill. Uh, have a cigar? Well, thank you, sir. 
Uh, George, you're a young man, married, making, say, $40 a week at the building and loan. Forty-five. Forty-five. Now, if you were some ordinary yokel, I'd say you were doing fine. But George Bailey is intelligent, ambitious. He hates the building and loan almost as much as I do. He's been dying to get out of town ever since he was born, but he's trapped. Trapped into frittering his life away, playing nursemaid to a lot of garlic eaters. Do I paint a correct picture, George, or do I exaggerate? Well, what's your point, Mr. Potter? My point is that you're the only man in town who has licked me. George, I want to hire you. Manage my affairs. I'll start you off at $20,000 a year. $20,000 a year? Are you sure you're talking to me? I'm George Bailey. Don't you remember me? The building and loan, remember? Yes, George Bailey, whose ship has just come in, providing he has sense enough to climb aboard. Well, but but what about the building and loan? Confounded man, I'm offering you a three-year contract at $20,000 a year. Is it a deal or isn't it? No, no, the answer's no doggone it. If you offered me a million dollars to stay around this town and play stooge to you, the answer'd still be no. Now, let me alone. Don't bother me. George, what did Mr. Potter want? Oh, it's nothing. He just talked, talked. It's nothing. Oh, gee. Mary Hatch. Mary, why in the world did you ever marry a guy like me, anyway? <laughs> to keep from being an old maid. I was going to see the world. I was going to build things. I was going to give you the moon. What have I given you? What have I given you? Not even a new dress, not for months. I... Gee whiz, I feel awful. So do I. Mornings especially. I could have married Sam Wainwright, anybody else in town. I didn't want to marry anybody else. I want my baby to look like you. No, you didn't even have a honeymoon. And I promised you that you, 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 you what? My baby. Your, your baby. Hey, Mary. Mary, you mean you're on the nest? Well, Mary had her baby turns, a boy. You don't say. Then she had another, a girl. Well, what do you know? Night after night, George had come home late from the office. Things weren't good with the building and loan. Potter was really bearing down on him. Then came the war. Mary had another baby by then. Oh. But she still had time to help out in USO. Uncle Billy sold war bonds. And George's brother Harry became a real hero. Shot down 15 planes. But George, what about George? Well, George was 4F, his bad year. He was an air raid warden. On VE day, he wept and prayed. On VJ day, he wept and prayed again. We're, uh, we're getting... Pretty close to today, aren't we, sir? Yes, Clarence. You now know almost everything you have to know about George Bailey, except what happened that finds him down there at this moment, wanting to die. Well, sir, well... Well, today's the day before Christmas, uh, Earth time. George is pretty excited. Hey, Tilly! Useless! Hey, look at the newspaper. Commander Harry Bailey, decorated by the president. That's my kid brother. The Congressional Medal of Honor. Gosh, George, gosh. What do you think about the 15 Jap planes? And the last one he got was just about to dive into a transport loaded with soldiers. You know what that means? He saved lives, hundreds of lives. Gee, where's Uncle Billy? Huh? We're going to the bank, George. He's oh. depositing that $8,000. Good, good, good. Who's that in his office there? It's that man again, the bank examiner. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Well, good afternoon, Mr. Carter. 
Hey, uh, Telly, get the books from Mr. Carter, will you? You know, that's my brother's picture there, Mr. Carter. He shot down 15 planes, and one of them was just about... Well, well, Mr. Henry F. Potter come to the bank to deposit some more loot, eh? Sure, you old fool. How do you like the news in the paper, Mr. Potter? Just can't keep those Bailey boys down now, can you? Oh, uh, let me see that newspaper. Here, sorry I can't chat, you old thief. Gotta make a deposit. Uh, here you are, Horace. Deposit slip, bank book, and a very Merry Christmas to you. You too, Mr. Bailey. Say, you've forgotten something, haven't you? Horace, I've forgotten things all my life. Get a wiggle on, boy. But, Mr. Bailey, where's the money? Uh, What's that? You want to make a deposit? Well, certainly I want Well, it's customary to bring the money with you. It's gone. Where'd I put it? Where'd I put that money? A terrible thing, Clarence, terrible. Uncle Billy couldn't find the money because the envelope with the $8,000 was folded up in that newspaper he gave to old man Potter. I just don't know what happened to it, George. I just don't know. $8,000. Uncle Billy, the bank examiner's here, and it's not our money. It belongs to the depositors. George, what, what are we going to do? We've placed every step I took. We can't stand here in the street. Are you sure you didn't put that envelope in your coat pocket? I, I, I think so. Maybe, maybe. Oh, I'm no good to you, George. I'm no good. Now listen to me. Now listen to me. Think. Think, will you? Now try and think. I... Can't think anymore. I, I can't. Where's that money, you silly old fool? You know what this means? It means bankruptcy and scandal and prison. One of us is going to jail. Well, it's not going to be me. Now get out of my way. I'm going home. George, dear, what's wrong? You haven't said a word since you came home. Oh, well, that banging on that piano. Does she have to just keep playing that same piece over and over and over and over again? Is it, dear? Another hectic day. Yeah. Yeah, another red-letter day for the baby. Dad, Murphy's got a brand-new car. You should see it. What's the matter with our car? Isn't it good enough for you? I'm sorry, Dad. I only... Run upstairs, Petey. See if Zuzu's all right. Okay, Mom. Now, what do you mean? What to see if Zuzu's all right? What do you mean? Oh, she caught a little cold coming home from school. She didn't button up her coat. Well, what is it? What is it? What do you mean, just a cold? George, the doctor said it was nothing serious. The doctor? Was the doctor here? Well, I thought he'd better look at her. It's this old drafty house. It's... No wonder we don't all have pneumonia. Might as well be living in a refrigerator. Why did we have to live here in the first place and stay around this measly, crummy old town? George, what's happened? Everything's happened. You call this a happy family? Why do we have to have all these kids? Daddy, how do you spell Frankenstein? I don't know how you spell. You ask your mother. Where are you going? Upstairs to see Zuzu. Hello? Oh, thank you, Mrs. Welch. I'm sure she'll be all right. Who's that? Zuzu's school teacher. What? Oh, yes, the doctor says she'll be fine tomorrow. Here, give me that phone. George, please. Mrs. Welsh? Well, this is Mr. Bailey. Say, what kind of a teacher are you, anyway? What do you mean, sending Zuzu home like that half-naked? You realize you probably end up with pneumonia just because of your stupidity? You know, maybe my kids aren't the best-dressed kids in town, but at least... Hello? Hello? Janie, will you stop playing that lousy piano? I'll cut it out. Stop it! <laughs> George, for heaven's sake, what's wrong with you? I'm sorry. I'm Janie. I'm sorry, Mary. I, I I just got to get out of here. So that's it, George. You're short eight thousand dollars in your accounts, eh? Now, please, Mister Potter. I'll, I'll pay any sort of a bonus if you still want the building and loan. I you say it I'll was let... lost. Have you notified the police? No, sir. I haven't done that yet. Harry's home. Oh, I come tomorrow. to me. What about your good friend Sam Wainwright? I can't get a hold of him. He's in Europe. What kind of security would I have, George? What collateral? Yes, sir. I have some life insurance here. I 
$15,000 policy. Hmm? What's your equity in it? $500. And you want $8,000? You once called me a warped, frustrated old man. Well, what are you but a warped, frustrated young man crawling on your hands and knees for help? Why don't you go to the riffraff you love so well? Ask them for help. I'll do anything, Mr. Potter, please. Please help me, Miss. My wife and kids... I'm calling the district it. attorney. $500. You know something, George? You're worth more dead than you are alive. Now get out of here. Get out. And all the time, Potter had the $8,000 in his desk drawer. It's still there, Terrence. But where's George, sir? Where? Well... He went over to Martini's Cafe. He's had a couple of drinks, Clarence. He's just standing there, sort of in a day. Oh, God. Oh, God, dear Father in heaven, I, I'm, I'm not a praying man, but if, if you're up there and, and you can hear me, please show me the way. I'm at the end of my rope. I... Show me the way, God. Mr. Bailey, you all right? Don't drink anymore, Mr. Bailey. Please, you don't feel good. Bailey? Did you say Bailey? Which Bailey? This gentleman is Mr. Bailey. George Bailey. George Bailey, huh? And the next time you talk to my wife like that, she'll get worse. It isn't enough she slaves teaching your stupid kids how to read and write. You got to borrow You get out of here, Mr. Welch. You hit my best friend. Get out. All right. I'm Mr. Bailey, you... You okay? Who's that? Mr. Wells, but don't worry. He don't come in this place no more. I'll get something for your face. It's bleeding. I'm all right. Please don't go away, Mr. Billy. Please don't go away. Well, George left Martini's Cafe five minutes ago, Clarence. He's at the river now, on the bridge, looking at the water. Are you ready, Clarence? All ready, sir. Very well. Save George Bailey's life. And you get your wings. My wings. Oh, thank you, Joseph. George! George Bailey! Get away from that bridge! Do you hear me? George! George! with despair, convinced, as Mr. Potter said, that he's worth more dead than alive, George Bailey stands on a bridge, staring at the dark and frigid waters below. Suddenly, there's a splash. No, that's not George. It's Clarence, the apprentice angel. And there goes George in after him. Hmm. It's a few minutes later now, and in the bridgekeeper's shack, George and Clarence are drying off. You both sure you're all right? You, you want a doctor? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. Oh, I'm fine. This underwear, I didn't have time to get anything more stylish. My wife gave me this on my last birthday. I passed away in it. You... You what, mister? Mm, I see Tom Sawyer is drying out, too. Who? My book. I left in such a hurry, I brought Tom Sawyer with me. Hey, how'd you happen to fall in? Oh, I jumped in. I jumped in to save you. Jumped in to save me? Well, I... I did, didn't I? You didn't go through with it, did you? Go through with what? Suicide. Hey, it's against the law to commit suicide around here. Yeah, it's against the law where I come from, too. <laughs> where do you come from? 
heaven. Oh, that's very funny. Very your funny. your lips bleeding. Yeah, yeah, I got a bust in the jaw in answer to a prayer. Oh, no, George, I'm the answer to your prayer. Hey, how, how'd you know my name? Oh, I know all about you. Well, who are you supposed to be, anyway? Clarence Oddbody, AS2. Clarence Oddbody. Well, what's, the, what's the AS2 for? Angel, second class. Hey, I'm getting out of here. You may not need a doctor, but I do. Here you are, my good man. Hey, look here. Why do you want to save me? Because I'm your guardian angel, George. Oh, I see. Uh-huh. Well, you look like about the kind of an angel I'd get. What, <laughs> what, uh, what happened to your wings? Well, I haven't won my wings yet. That's why I'm an angel second class. Oh, I see. But you can help me earn them, George, by letting me help you. Oh, uh, don't happen to have 8,000 bucks on you, do you? Oh, no, no. We we don't use money in heaven. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I keep forgetting. I see. Comes in pretty handy down here, bub. (laughs) Oh, cut, cut, cut. Of course, I found it out a little late. You know, I'm worth more dead than alive. You mustn't talk like that. Joseph will never give me my wings if you keep feeling that way. You just don't realize what you've done for your folks. Why, if it hadn't been for you... Yes, if it hadn't been for me, everybody would be better off. My wife and my kids and my friends. Oh, this is not going to be easy. I'd all be better off if I hadn't been born. What did you say? I said I wish I'd never been born. George, that's wonderful. It's wonderful? What? The idea you just gave me. Well, you've got your wish. You've never been born. I've never been born? Exactly. No worries, no $8,000 to get, nothing. You simply don't exist. All right, all right, okay, all right. George, I can do things, strange things. I can show you the world, George, the way it would be if you hadn't been born. Hey, wait, hey, wait a minute, this ear of mine. Hey, say something else in that bad ear. You don't have a bad ear anymore. Oh, I don't think you're concentrating. Don't you see? You're not the George Bailey you think you are. You're, well, uh, you're nobody. That's a doggondest thing I ever saw, that that ear. Your lips stopped bleeding, too. Yeah. Yeah, hey, hey, what's what's happening around here? What is this, anyway? I need a drink, that's what I need. What what about you, Angel? You want a drink? Well, I I don't quite know. Come on, come on, we'll go as soon as our clothes are dry. Clothes are dry, George. Hey, so they are. That's funny. Well, look, let's get dressed and we'll stroll over to Martini's and then... uh, Oh, excuse me. I mean, I'll stroll. You fly. Oh, no, I don't have my wings. You don't have your wings yet. That's right. I forgot that again. A couple of drinks and we'll both fly. What'll you have, fellas? Hey, where's the boss? Where's Martini? Look, wise guy, I'm the boss, see? Okay, well, double scotch, quick, will you? What's yours? You know what? I just love some mulled wine. Huh? Heavy on the cinnamon and light on the cloves. Off with you, my lad, and lively now. Now, cut it out. Oh, come on, you. Just give him the same as I ordered. He's okay. Ah, uh, two double scotch. What about this place? It's all changed. All of Bedford Falls has changed. You're having your wish, George. You've never been born. Oh, there'll be lots of things you've never seen before. Oh, good. Somebody just made it. Made what? Every time a bell rings, it means some angel's got his wings. What'd you say? Uh, 
Look, uh, Clarence, I don't think you better talk about angels around here. You... Don't they believe in angels? Oh, yeah, they believe in them, but you know, it's just a little well, then thing. Then why should people be surprised when they see one? Uh, don't mind him, bartender. He's just a little fellow. He just never grew up. And how old are you anyway, Clarence? Well, next May, I'll be 293. That does it. A couple of pixies, huh? Go on, get you. Hear me, get. Where's Martini? Will you Stop asking about Martini. Ain't here any... Hey, you. Rummy, didn't I tell you never to come panhandling around here? George, look. Hey, it's Mr. Gower. Mr. Gower. Listen, Mr. Gower, don't you know me? This is George Bailey. You... You buy me a drink, mister, just one drink, will you, mister? Pinky! Yeah, Nick. Throw the rummy out. Oh, no, no, please. Hey, bartender, that's that's Mr. Gower, the druggist. That rumhead spent 20 years in jail for poisoning some kid. If you knew him, you must be a jailbird yourself. Pinky, here's two more. Get him out of here. Well, get up, George. Good thing he threw us in the snowbank, huh? Hey, where's, where's Mr. Gower? Mr. Gower doesn't know you, George. You see, you weren't there to stop him from putting poison into that prescription. What do you mean I wasn't there? Look, look, tell me, what are you? Are you a hypnotist? George. Look, why am I seeing all these strange things here? Don't you understand? It's because you were not born. Well, if I wasn't born, then who am I? Nobody. You have no identity. What do you mean I have no identity? No papers, no driver's license, no 4F card, no insurance policy. Zuzu's bell. What? Zuzu's bell. I bought my little girl a bell to hang on the Christmas tree, and I forgot to give it to her. I've got it in my... I... It's gone. It's gone, too. Everything's gone. But you've been given a great gift, George. A chance to see what the world would be like if you'd never been born. You're crazy. You're crazy as a bedbug, and you're driving me crazy, too. Now look, I'm going home to my wife and family. Do you understand that? And I'm going home alone. Not leave him alone, Clarence. Keep following him. Joseph, oh, I'll stay near him, sir. Poor George. He's seeing Main Street now the way it'd be if he hadn't lived. The thing that's really shocked him, sir, is the building and loan office. Know what's there now? Pawn shop. What's he doing? Can you see? He's talking to Ernie Bishop, the taxi driver. He wants to go home. You better tag along, Clarence. Oh, I will, sir. I will. Come on, step on it, will you, Ernie? Get me home. I'm off my nut. Where do you live, buddy? Oh, now, doggone it, Ernie. Don't you start pulling that stuff on me. 323 Sycamore. 323 Sycamore. Yeah, hurry up. Zuzu's sick. Okay, buddy. Hey, look, Ernie, I, I don't know what's happened. I'm going crazy or something. I've got some bad liquor. I... Now, look, tell me this now. You're Ernie Bishop, right? And you live with your wife and kid, Donald. You see my wife? What do you mean? I've seen your wife. I've been in your house a hundred times. What do you... We, we built it for you, didn't we? Bud, my wife took the kid and ran away five years ago, and I ain't never seen you before in my life, see? Okay, Ernie. Okay, okay. Just step on it. Get me home. Mary! Mary, where are you? Janie, Petey, Zuzu. Zuzu, where are you? This is just an old abandoned house, George. You have no wife. No children. Where are they? What have you done with them? Hey, I'll bait that him. See, I told you. All right, up with your hands. Oh, Bert, Bert the cop. Thank heaven you're here. Now, look, why don't you be a good fella and I'll take you to a doctor. Bert, now, Bert, listen to me. What's the matter with you guys? Now, listen, it's that fellow there. He says he's an angel. He tried to hypnotize me. I hate to use my nightstick, but I guess I... Ow! Uh, run, George, run. He can't hit you while I'm Ow! biting him. George, run. My teeth aren't what they used to be. Joseph, help! Joseph! Joseph! 
Where'd they go, Ernie? Where'd they go? I, I, I don't know. They just disappeared. Oh, Joseph, I hope you don't mind my crawling on you like I did. It was very irregular, Clarence. You're by yourself again. Where's George? He's at his mother's house, sir. Well, if George hasn't been born, he has no mother. Oh, he's being very stubborn, sir. He'll just have to find these things out for himself. But his mother, that's a terribly bitter blow to a man, his old mother not knowing him. You mean I shouldn't have let him... I mean you better find him right away. Oh, and stop fighting policemen, Clarence. I'm here again, George. My mother, my own mother didn't know me. If only Harry were here. My brother were only back from Washington. Your brother fell through the ice and was drowned at the age of nine. Well, that's a lie. He got the Congressional Medal of Honor. He saved the lives of every man on that transport. Every man on that transport died. Strange, isn't it? Each man's life touches so many other lives. Harry wasn't there to save them because you weren't there to save Harry. Don't you see, George, you really had a wonderful life. Don't you see what a mistake it would be to throw it away? Clarence. Yes? Where's Mary? Please, where's my wife? I, uh, I'm not supposed to tell. Tell me where she is. You're not going to like it, George. Where is she? I'll choke it out of you if I have to. Where's my wife? The library. She works there. She's just about to lock up for the night. So I, uh... George! George! Come back! Oh, there must be some easier way for me to get my wings. Mary. Mary. I'm sorry. The library's closed. Mary, it's George. Don't you know me? No, I don't know you. Let me go. Mary, please, don't do this to me, Mary. Please, help me. Help me. Where, where are our kids, Mary? I need you, Mary. Oh, get please. away from me. Help! Help! Help me. help me, Mary. I'm George. Mary! Clarence. Oh, where is he, Joseph? Where's George? I'm afraid I've lost him, sir. You knew you shouldn't have let him try to see Mary. Now they're after him. Mama. They think he was trying to hurt her. Joseph, I won't even get one wing, will I? You have one more chance, Clarence. Get over to the bridge by the river. I think George has seen just about enough. But, uh, but the mob... Uh, don't worry. They've lost him, too. Now, hurry up. Oh, thank you, Joseph. Thank you. Clarence. Clarence! Clarence, where are you? I'm here, George. Help me, Clarence. Get me back. I don't care what happens to me. Only get me back to my wife and kids, please. I want to live again. Oh, thank you, George. Thank you, boy. I want to live again, please. Oh, God, please let me live again. George? Is that you down there, George? Now get out of here, Bert. Get out of here. You come in any closer, I'll, what the I'll let you have it. What the hell are you yelling for, George? Come on. George. George, Bert. But do you know me? No, yeah. I've been looking all over town for you. Where you been? Hey, Bert. Bert. I'm alive again, Bert. You sure you're all right? Hey, your mouth's bleeding. It is. Hey, my mouth's bleeding. Bert, look at, look at the blood come out of there, would you? Huh? And 
Where's Zuzu's Christmas bell, Bert? I had it right in my pocket. Here it is! Hey, it's in my pocket! What do you know about it? Hey, Merry Christmas, Bert! Well, Merry Christmas. Get in the car. I'll drive you home. You will, Bert? We'll do that. I turn the siren wide open, huh? Merry Christmas, Bedford Falls! Hey, Merry Christmas, old building alone! Merry Christmas, Mr. Potter! Yippee! Come on. Hey, Bert, come on, come on in with me, huh? What are these people, these reporters? Hey, oh, oh, Merry Christmas, reporters. Hey, Mr. Bank Examiner, Merry Mr. Christmas. Mr. Bailey, there's a deficit. I know, $8,000, I'll bet, huh? George, I've got a little paper here. I'm sorry. I, I bet it's a warrant for my arrest. Isn't that wonderful? Merry Christmas. Hey, where's Mary, you know? Look at this wonderful old drafty house. Shouldn't it wonder? Have you seen my wife? Where's Mary? Mary! Hey, kid, Janie, Petey! Hey, oh, I could eat you up. Where's your mother? She went looking for you, Daddy, with Uncle Billy. Daddy! Zuzu, my little ginger snap. How do you feel, huh? Fine, Daddy. Not a snitch of temperature. Not a snitch of temperature. Hallelujah! George! George, darling! It's Mommy! Mommy's home! Mary! George, where have you been? Oh, Mary, George, oh, Mary, George, now, look, George. just let me touch you. Oh, you're real, Mary. Oh, you've no idea what happened uh, to me. You've no idea what's happened either. They're on their way here. Who? Who's on their way? Oh, the police department? I don't... The uh, FBI? The National Guard? I'm alive again, Mary. Oh, listen, Mary, I'm alive again. Oh, yes, darling, yes. Now, now, close your eyes and, and come on downstairs. Oh, you... What is it? We can't open my eyes yet, Mary? What's going on here? Now, now, keep your eyes closed. Now, I'll just walk you over here by the Christmas tree and... Well, the people, I hear lots of people. What, what is it? Lots of people. Just one minute now. We're all ready, Uncle Billy. Come in, everybody. George, look! Just look! Uncle Billy! Money, George, a laundry basket filled with money. Money for you. Mary did it, George. Mary! I don't understand. What money? What... People heard you were in trouble, darling. These people, your friends, they've collected this money for you. The $8,000. Charlie. Hey, there's Mar- there's Martini. Uh, Mr. Gower. Hey, how are you, Mr. Gower? Mrs. Thompson, Ed, Tom, everybody. None of us would have a roof over our heads if it wasn't for you, George. Oh, gosh, this is wonderful. Hey, Mary, look. Look who's coming in. Mother. Hi, Mother. Hey, and Harry. Got Mary's telegram, George. I flew in as fast as hey, I could. Hey, everybody, a toast. How about a toast? Oh, good idea, Ernie. A toast to my big brother, George, the richest man in town. Good old acquaintance Daddy, that's it, Mr. Dad. You forget. Here, honey, here's your bell. Daddy, darling, what's this on the table here? What's this for? <laughs> The, the Adventures of Tom Sawyer. Lord, there's something written in it. Dear George, remember no man is a failure who has friends. Thanks for the wings, love, Clarence. Clarence? Yeah, he's a very dear friend of mine. Daddy, this is Welsh says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right, Zuzu. That's right. That's right. At a boy, Clarence. At a boy, Clarence. Happy landing. It's a wonderful life so long as we can have such fine performances as we enjoyed tonight. From Jimmy Stewart, Donna Reed, and Victor Moore. Good night, and thanks a million.
If you enjoyed that golden age of radio production, be sure to follow The Riley and Kimmy Show. We feature old-time radio shows from time to time. We have archived episodes available right now on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. Some of them have old-time radio episodes on them. Please tell your friends about The Riley and Kimmy Show. Help us grow. Our social media links are available on our website at RileyandKimmy.com. That's R-I-L-E-Y and Kimmy, K-I-M-M-Y, dot com. If you friend, follow, and like us, we will friend and follow you back. Also, be sure to check out our website, events page, and our social media pages for updates where the Riley and Kimmy show will be appearing next. And we're available for your pop culture event and also those that are animal-based, about pets and animals too. We have a spinoff show called Animal Special. So be sure to tell your friends about us. It's the Riley and Kimmy show, the nerd variety talk show with daily pop culture episodes. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Find archive podcasts of The Riley and Kimmy Show at RileyandKimmy.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.